Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Celeste Barber, great, Janet Jackson, Nasty Boys, great song. You like to go to Kids Bop Kids, that's their Sammy Hagar I'd go to. I went to see the Doobie Brothers. I'd probably go again. Good old Whitney Cummings. Yeah. Train and Ario Speedwagon. There's so many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Wow. That is a good, that's a good deal. You got to yep. visit livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now. What is it? Livenation.com slash concertweek to buy now. You guys, Heidi Gardner's on the show, and uh, uh, great. She's on the SNL right now. Heidi Gardner, yes. Uh, we don't have that many that are on right now, so it's great to talk to her. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to tell Dana before we start that I did cheat on us and went and did another podcast just because what? the man, the myth, Mike Tyson, asked me to come over there. Uh, oh, hot boxing. Hot boxing. Love uh, by it. the way, Dana, I swear to God, I didn't get hot boxing was hot boxing where you get stoned. <laughs> And I didn't even get anything to do with boxing. Well, I, I didn't get any was, of it. I thought it was like hot boxing. Like this is really, really hot boxing. I thought it was just about really being a great fighter. No, we missed all of it. Across so it's the all board. about marijuana. It's all like you're in a box, uh, slowly dying with while he smokes tons of weed, and then he asks you questions. So it's pretty fun. I am not a prude, but uh, my <laughs> weed days are sort of behind me. But I talk a big game. Uh, but he, it's optional. He gives you. He gives you, uh, they go, Mike, give me your, first of all, he comes in in like dolphin shorts and no shoes. Of course. He's Mike, he's a I champ. Know, he's, such a, he's such a fucking stud. Come on. He's a champ. The champ or, is he's here. He's going to solve inflation. Was his champ. Yeah, little Biden snuck <laughs> You know what? He came from Biden. because <laughs> came from Biden. Biden was on Kimmel and, and he was oh. doing a bit and he goes, the traffic's being snarled. So he came yeah. over, uh, he was a little late. And then they go, and there's, you know, 45 people there. Barefoot doing, with dolphin shorts. Yeah. yeah. Literally nothing. Dolphin shorts are the kind that wear hooters. These weren't orange, but they were white. Anyway, he has great legs. <laughs> Don't think I didn't notice. And uh, he comes oh, in. All the power comes from the legs, Greg. And I didn't even tell him how I got not beat up. I did talk about my one fight in uh, sixth grade. But anyway, he has sort of another f- a friend of his from the San Diego Chargers mm-hmm. who's, uh, I think his name's Sebastian. He's a great guy. And they would pepper me with questions. And Mike would sort of tune out a little bit here and there, but he, he was fucking <laughs> funny. And, and he's very cool and he's very respectful, nice. And it was just fun that he knew me and, and he go, David, you know, how? He, I mean, I don't want to be well, mean to Mike Tyson. I called him afterwards. Yeah, how'd it go? And he was happy about it. I mean, he is the champ. I go, well, what was David like? It was, David with the, you know, he was so he was so fast with his jokes. You know, I felt like I was, he was punching me with his jokes. I couldn't understand what he was basically saying, you know. So I got scared and I was crying behind my eyes. No one could see me because I thought, what the fuck is this guy talking about? This fucking guy who worked with that fat guy, Chris. You know, that guy. He was so fucking funny and I was so fucking high. But I love that guy. I, I really do, man, because he can do it. Two jokes f- faster than most comedians could do one joke. <laughs> so I get emotional. I'm Mike Tyson. I got dolphin shorts and no shoes. <laughs> I went in, I slipped into Fauci for a second. <laughs> I got the COVID. Ha <laughs> ha. Oh. How'd the mask work for you, motherfucker? No, anyway, Tyson. Yeah, yeah. Tyson has gigantic mitts. Mitts. 
And he, it is interesting. He shook when my hand. It was like this. But David, he's making a little, his hand's like a little. When you're next to someone that if you, if you pissed him off accidentally mm -hmm. and Tyson just went, even from a seated position, one right cross, mm -hmm. then you're dead. Like, it's weird to talk with a guy. How are you doing? How are you doing? And you know, if he just goes, boom. Yeah. People say, you. would you let him hit you for a million dollars? Not that many people, but some people say that. And I said, who needs a million dollars that badly to be in a wheelchair the rest of your life and not know what's happening? If he hit you as hard <laughs> as he could in the face, it's over. Life's over. Everything's over. Yeah. My neck would snap so fast. Um, it's like those little skinny pretzels. And so when Mike was right there, I said, Mike, a guy that looked a lot like you beat the fuck out of some dude in an airplane. He goes, yeah, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. I didn't even do it. And he, then all 85 people he laughed. He came to me and Lovitz's show in Vegas at the SLS Hotel. He's and so said, oh, cool. The champ's out there. The you know? fucking champ. And I go, and then John does John's act. Hello, are you gay, audience? You know, I mean, it goes really downtown. John has a very mature act. Yeah. So later, hey, is a champ coming back? And the guy, he, he went home. Yeah, it was just because it was, I couldn't, I had to get home, you know, because I was, there were so many punchlines. It's like getting punched in the face with so many punchlines. Was he punch smoking lines. there too? He he's not smoking. It's a, it's a vape thing. No, no. <laughs> he's not oh, here's the best part. Heather he had an edible. So he's sitting here, right? So uh, I'm there and Sebastian's there. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, blah, blah, blah. Sometimes I just take the <laughs> reins because he just go, wrong Missy. And I go, oh, the wrong Missy. Well, what had happened was with that. And, you know, I do 30 minutes. So, but, but he had blueberries and he had the munchies. I, was that what it was? That's what the funny part was. Oh, he just crunches he blueberries yeah. and they're way over here. So the awkward me of going, ah, why aren't they over there? Because he goes like this. And he, okay, hang on. And then he goes, moves the mic. And then he goes, <laughs> don't David. Hey, he gets a big thing, blueberries, and he starts talking, but you can't hear him. So someone has to crawl in and go, back so you can hear him but and then he goes what do you think yeah. of that and i go i didn't hear what do you ask me <laughs> and then i just i uh, make up an answer and then he goes he wants some more blueberries is never ending so but you noticed what he does i didn't know i thought they're like peanut and m's or something because he will take them in his hand yeah. and then he kind of shakes them like peanuts yeah just kind of shaking them in yeah. his hand and then he pops them yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, well, the, like I gotta, in the 70s. I got to shake them. You like know, get all the Rockford blueberry files. juice out of them. And then it was just this for the next hour. And I'm like, Mike, I, why don't, you know, you guys should put a, uh, one of you 85 people should put them here before he gets here. Mm. I didn't know it's the one I watched. I don't know who no, the guest you, was. No, they cut it all out, Dan. I was there live. It was oh, fucking yeah, in the moment. Oh, and then so they come in, they jump cut because someone is bringing his mic it to the channel. It was so hilarious because there's 85 people and they're like, who's going to do it? And one guy's like this. Like in the army comes down. Motherfucking dog shit, Mike. You God see me? I just it. breathe on it. It flips. Oh, oh it's man. got some garbage he, duct tape is not, on it. We have technical issues no, here. we're not at Smartless. I'll tell you Should that. Should we say that Mike Tyson mics. is a very nice guy or are we? Because he's the most, yeah. in the age of authenticity, he's the ultimate. Because he just says everything he, he's feeling. I just want to kill this guy so bad. Yeah. I want to just annihilate him, you know. And all he was doing was give me an airplane ticket. But I just thought myself going to kill him, well, you know. The guy's poking the bear. That's literally on the plane. He keeps fucking with him. And then Mike just turns on and beats the shit out of him. I love it. And I said, by the way, Mike, if you do one of these exhibition fights, I don't care which YouTuber asks you, you beat the fuck out of him. You promise me. And he goes, because <laughs> he's like, I go, he you got to remind everyone who's the fucking boss. And you are. And I love that you're number one and you beat his ass. Okay, now, and that Heidi was the Gardner, David Mike Tyson story. Heidi, that was sort of the story, but uh, we'll chop that we down the, to twenty we did the minutes. Best we could the flesh, flesh has never been this high. Uh, Heidi Gardner, Heidi lovely Gardner young lady, is a current 
superstar cast member on Saturday Night Live. A lot of great characters, a lot of fun things to talk about. She was a hair stylist, so I get to ask her- For 10 years. To give yeah. me a makeover and what I should do with this garbage beard and this stupid hair. I want her, because my, my hair is just, you know, it's, it's like a game of risk. There's only so many soldiers and so much territory. Yeah. <laughs> so I got I to fluff and fold and comb and back. But I got some soldiers up front yeah. that left over. A lot of troops in the back are receding. If Heidi Gardner can make sense of my hair, mm -hmm. I will give her $100. Let's guess if she gives <laughs> us different hairstyles because everyone says we look the same. So they might say, Dana, you do this and then well, she'll what? I'm Irish, Scottish, and Norwegian. What are you? Why would we look the same? I, no, we look similar. What's I mean, hair wise. Aren't you German or something? Spade? I'm German, uh, Irish, and English, like the most boring ones. Yeah. Hmm. No. Okay. So, I'm well, real we kind of look shrugger. the same because during the pandemic, and I'm in my 60s. I go. I don't know if I can rock the bangs anymore. Hmm. You know, Jagger can, but I went back. But you went back early, so that I kind of copied you. I had a picture of you. Oh, I used to have bangs, and then someone said, grow up, you fucking Well, I always idiot. wanted to have a Paul McCartney haircut. And my whole life, I wanted to have a beetle haircut. And my dad would shave our heads. Me and my three brothers oh, would be in the kitchen. We just rude. looked like cue balls. My mom would come in and go, Dana, in the side pocket. <laughs> anyway. Heidi Gardner. Here she is, <laughs> True guys. story. Heidi Gardner, an extraordinarily talented comedian on Saturday Night Live. Funny, crazy, neurotic characters. Super commitment. Here she is. Enjoy. Not only have we been going, but it's almost over. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for this. <laughs> Look at Heidi. Heidi's got good teeth. Thank you. And good and good skin. <laughs> I want to meet your dermatologist because um, yeah, you're uh, have a very very nice skin. Anyway, that we started that way with um, uh, Rob Schneider too. That was our that's our first question. It's just, <laughs> no, that's our first two. Gotta drink water. No Lots of water. Um, <laughs> So anyway, we're narcissists. Magnesium. We like to talk about ourselves, Heidi. So there's no pressure on you because we love everything coming back to us. So anyway, Great. I want to hear about you. How are you? I did a deep dive on Heidi Gardner last night, and it was so much fun. Oh my god. I'll start at Dana because you're like kerfuffling. You don't know what you're I'm, doing. I'm wandering um, around. I just have like you see oh. Dana. Maybe if you notice. Heidi, me and you all have slightly similar hair. And if she was a hairstylist, we have to get a makeover. So right. Heidi, I did my hair the best I could for this. And I just, we, you have to give us tips. Well, I will say, <laughs> I agree. I think we all basically have the same hairstyle. So I don't even know that I would, I would give you a tip because I think we all have the nice, like, Waterfall Swoop. going. Yeah. Do you think you have a bob, a fob, or a lob? I think I have a, a bob. What do you think? <laughs> you, wow. A bob. Dana's... Well, I don't know what mine is. Look, <laughs> I'm look. I'm from another era. I was born during Eisenhower's first administration. So to have hair to push around and be a bully with your head is just lucky. But you have kind of a yeah. bob on one side and then a very cool long bang on the other, which Waterfall. is very hip. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Who who cuts your hair? 
Her name's Teddy. T E D D I. Okay. How can I reach her? <laughs> <laughs> does she do Zoom cuts? She does. Um, yeah. <laughs> Heidi, do you get your when you were in KC? Is that where you were from, KC? Yeah. But I I I'm, I don't mean to sound like Wikipedia, but when you're in KC, is that Lawrence? Is that something? Lawrence is a college town about 45 minutes from Kansas City. I went to college there for two years. Oh, you did? Uh-huh. And did you know that the lovely Kate Spade went there? I do. Yeah. Did you know that? Yeah. You can't have that She's many famous, famous. people. <laughs> you have Sudeikis, right? And Paul Rudd, is that all the same school? No. So, okay. Well, Paul Rudd, I do think went to... Well, yeah, Sudeikis went to KU too. We also have Eric Stone Street, but I don't think he went to Kansas or to KU. Yeah. Um, I'm always surprised when comedians have any sort of education. <laughs> well, I dropped out. So. <laughs> yes. Right. Yes. That. <laughs> yeah. Me that too. Is a comedian right there. <laughs> I have about eight credits in anthropology from Arizona State, and I might pick up the other 160 this summer and finish it up. I got a degree from San Francisco State. Is that a bad one? But it's a shit box, yeah. horrible school. This is years ago, and it was a shit it was box. a joke. It was an absolute joke. We I spent two years learning how to because it was broadcast and communications, how to like queue up a vinyl. LP and then CDs came in, so it was I was fucked. But I got it in the mail months later. My mom, what a waste! My mom threw it out by accident. Listen, Heidi, what I'm here to say yeah. is, so you, um, you drop out of college. Let's go a little yeah. linear for a sec, and then you, yeah. so then you go to LA, and when you went to LA, you didn't think you were going to be a sketch player on SNL or well you were voted most likely to be. So your friends, thought, that's the craziest. Your thing. friends in high school tagged you for being funny right yeah yeah and so how were you funny in high school were, were there seeds of what you're doing now on snl there because it seems like you're very astute at playing young clueless neurotic women like and it's new it's a it's a genre but what the way you're doing it because i was watching you last night is at a whole other new level it's kind of, it's really actually kind of brilliant, but I don't mind gushing because I just do and people hate me for it. But um, so just take us back to your senior in high school. Do you have, do you have secret dreams of what happened to you? I don't think that I did. I will say that growing up in Missouri, it just didn't, not that Kansas City is that small, but it, they're just, to me at least, was not a path to this at all. The only path that sure. I had was being... I mean, I was absolutely obsessed with movies, TV, pop culture, music, um, SNL, comedy, everything. But I just thought I was always going to be the person who knew everything about that and could quote every movie and like and and come close to oh, the voices, right. maybe. But there's um, no cho There's no chance. I was sort of like her, where there's no chance you you're thinking you're doing that. It's just too big. It's too above, right? Too above. Just it was yeah. enough for me to be obsessed with it, and and the closest I probably came to it, which is maybe why I got voted that, was like if I was at. I mean, this is more kind of like middle school, but if I was at a sleepover, like I was the one who was picked to do all the prank calls. Like I would do one, and then uh -huh. I would be like, "Okay, Christine, like your turn," and they're like, "No, <laughs> you have to do it again." Like 
I would, would you do voices and stuff? You would change your voice and be somebody else, right? Yes. I mean, like pretty intense ones. There are some that like I go back to that are very fun. Some that make me really cringe that are kind of harassy. Um, you know, but I used to- back then it was fine. Like call, calling up a restaurant or something or, you know, stuff like that and ordering crazy food or. Well, I used to do this one where, so there was this local radio station, Mix 93.3. And the DJ at like the drive home at five was Dennis Pryor. And he was like the coolest guy ever at that age. <laughs> and, and so I would do this thing where I would call people and I'd be like, hey, this is Dennis Pryor from Mix 93.3. <laughs> Point three, doing random phone calls and people would immediately be like oh my god I mean I would say doing random phone calls and they're like oh my god I love Mix 93.3 and I'm like you've got a chance to win tickets to this weekend's Chiefs game if you can get this trivia question correct Chiefs local thing Chiefs so wait a minute so you're doing the voice of Dennis I like she's, De- they're like I thought Dennis was a girl and you're like that's what every or a guy <laughs> and you're like, I no. thought it was a guy is it Denise yeah. Pryor or was yeah. it a guy and you were lowering your voice pretending to sound like a guy I was lowering my voice and then I was asking really basic questions like you know who starred opposite Leonardo DiCaprio in Titanic and they'd be like Kate Winslet (laughs) stupid and then I would say come on down to the station and pick up oh my no no so then it turns out my mom who was a travel agent actually did Dennis Pryor's travel and so he comes in to like book his Cancun trip. And she's like, how are things down at the station? It was like, they're great, but some idiot keeps calling. Oh my God. And telling them they won free cheap tickets. And so we've got people coming down to the station. We don't have the tickets. And she, the whole time knew that's my daughter. How can I ask you for I want to ask you two things real quick, but how was the dynamic between your parents and yourself? Did you have a cheerleader in one of them? Like, Heidi, you can be and do anything you want, or were they more pragmatic or all of the above or what? They were definitely like my parents are, um, I describe them as like the coolest, like 80s, early 90s people. Like they had the look. Okay. Um, and I think they, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they divorced when I was like five and a half, but I can only imagine that like when they were together, they were like fire for good or bad. Um, they were always very, it's weird. I wish I maybe had a, if I was to complain, I wish I had more structure. Like when I was like, I'm going to drop out of school. You know, I wish that someone might've been like, Hey, maybe you shouldn't. They were just kind of like, honey, do your thing. You know? And they didn't even know what my thing was. I I didn't know what my thing was. Looking to save on delivery. DashPass from DoorDash is your door to $0 delivery fees and savings you can't get anywhere else. DashPass is an exclusive membership with DoorDash that gets you unlimited $0 delivery fees on eligible orders and members-only deals and discounts. Whether it's food from your favorite restaurants, grocery from across town, or anything in between, DashPass is the most affordable way to get everything you need delivered right to your door. With $0 delivery fees and lower service fees on eligible orders, DashPass makes it easy to save at restaurants, grocery stores, and all your local favorites on DoorDash. DashPass pays for itself in two orders on average. Plus, 
DashBash gives you special access to exclusive promotions and menu items, all for $9.99 a month. Get more from delivery for less with DashPass. $0 delivery fees and reduced service fees on eligible DoorDash orders. Sign up for DashPass today and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change. Terms apply. People have told us that, like, as you're saying, your love of movies, television, the, all that, you know, as an escape or whatever, we all have the same love. And I usually ask people at the end, but what, what in your earliest memories, like five, six, seven, eight, what was the first things you started to see or age 10, which kind of rocked your boat? Like, okay, this is the greatest thing in the world, musically, film, TV. Well, definitely. I very much remember, especially it was through my parents, them showing me Spinal Tap at Probably like oh. five or six years old. Sophisticated and, movie. Yeah. Wow, and you liked it. That's it, it some is. good comedy. And who do you think played the mime waiter team at the end? <laughs> um, Me and Billy Crystal. I, no, I was, I oh, you knew that? Oh, my Did God. Did you know that? Of course. Fuck, I, I didn't know that. that. Oh. I didn't know. Yeah. Um, mime is money. Yeah, I was so, so thrilled to be in that. It, that it was said one of the, mime is money. Mime is money, and I was doing little Hilarious. mime things and... So your parents, yeah, they're very, they're very probably around my age and stuff. So they would, they would have loved that movie and really got it. And so you, you got it at age six. So you're I a sophisticated wow. kid. To the point where I remember I had after actually they got divorced, my dad started dating this like very cool hairdresser, and they were going on a date, and her roommate, like I got dropped off at her place, and her roommate was babysitting me. And she was probably like in her early 30s. And she was like, what do you want to do tonight? And I was like, I was six years old. And I was like, can we watch Final Tap? And she was like, what? Who is this kid? (laughs) Shit. I don't think I could get my head around how dry and funny that movie was till later. Because I saw Life of Brian when I was later, like 17. And I could look back and wouldn't get most of the jokes. But I wasn't that. I think you were ahead of me in that respect. Because... I like the ones that I was supposed to like. You know, we had different, you know, different years of that pockets, but Animal House. All those, yeah. And, you know, Blues Brothers and Trading Places and 48 Hours. That I was like, these are hilarious. R-rated guy comedies. And then uh, Meatballs, Bill Murray, all this shit. Then I get older, look back, and I get jokes I never got. It's, that's the weirdest well, thing. Well, can I you know? ask both of you a question since you're younger than me? Like, did you get the idea of the dryness of Christopher Guest with his amp and the setting was to 11 rather than 10? And he said, it's one higher. So 11, don't look at it. Don't point at it. It's one higher. I mean, that was really sophisticated, dry, Christopher Guest-style comedy. So you got it or you I just knew it was it. funny? I Jeez. I mean, I don't know if it, maybe it was because my parents were laughing, yeah. but- I that's one where I can remember my brain getting that on the other hand like only a couple years ago did I figure out why the like um my hands between two pillows and planes trains and automobiles oh oh but but I used to always laugh when I was a kid so funny yeah yeah say that that is so random and so specific I love that hand between two pillows John Candy spooning Steve Martin as the lovable loser that latches on to check it out people if you haven't seen it that's one of the greatest that's just charming charm charm so as far as television shows or music were there other things that were rocking your world that time yes let's see well i mean i will i will say snl and dana i do have to thank you because 
I specifically remember the first time I ever made my parents laugh was doing an impression of you doing Robin Leach. Oh, really? I don't why? know why. I don't know why. I'm I yelling. Love it. I'm yelling, and I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. That's so cute. I love it. I don't know why. And I remember them re- like requesting it from me. You know, like Heidi, do the Dana Carvey Dana. Oh, that's Lee. funny. God, that's so funny. Well, that is just a, a musical rhythm. There's no joke there, but he did talk awfully loud. I'm yelling and I don't know why. I guess it's just funny that someone can't stop yelling. And it's, yeah, the, because I think people didn't realize Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous is such a ridiculous show. And then, and then, it, and he was kind of loud and I didn't realize it till you did it. And he's like, well, a gold plated skateboard once given to him by the Duke of Wales. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the East Lossy people have a yacht 400 meters long. You know, yeah. So it, Once why given is him. That sh- hey, guys, the three of us will produce it. We'll get uh, Lauren. That show <laughs> should be on the air. Who, who can we get to host it? John Lovitz will host it for us. I'll talk to him. A diamond covered helmet given to him by <laughs> Prince Gagooga, Gagooga, Gagooga. Maybe she can find something to wear with her 642 pairs of shoes. Yeah, he kind of would dive down on the bottom. By the I'm going to bring that back, Heidi. And because okay, of yeah. Heidi, I'm bringing that back in my stand-up. It's so funny. You know, it's, it's funny, so Heidi. Fun. I just I was watching you do uh, Kristen Shaw, and it was a Lion King thing. You know, you're just jumping around YouTube and looking at stuff. And uh, Kristen Shaw, who you do funny, and it was in the Lion King. But the funnier thing to me is it's one of those SNL devices where they go, Everybody get your impressions because we're going to do a screen test. And it's such a, it's a great one. You do a screen test and you just jump around. Like I would go, I can say one thing as Dennis Leary or one thing as whoever. And they go, good, throw it in there because we're jumping around. You say it, get a laugh, move. And you don't have to hold up a whole sketch with it. Yeah. It's so easy. Unfortunately, like I think that's the only one I've really ever been able to do or even sustain for two sentences like oh that's you could do that one longer yeah that's about well that one was just a jump around one that I thought was kind of funny because if one doesn't work the next one's funny you Uh just throw everything against the wall yeah and you wish you know when you're on the show you're like shooting them that week or some of those they shoot over a week or two and then when the host is there you throw him in yeah or he or her, and then you cut it together and you just almost wish you had more time because you're only running it for dress. That's the only test audience. I know. And you almost want to go, fuck, put that one at the end. Let's see if that's the closer. And yeah. this, and then you run on air and something bombs and you go, fuck, if we just played it one more time, I would have, my gut was telling me, pull those two out. Or, <laughs> yeah. You know? So, yeah, I, I, I the, it's kind of safe in a way because you're just in a, a, a train of people doing it. I think people would want to hear just like you go to LA and then you're, you just become a hairdresser. It, it, did you think at a given point, like, okay, this is my career path or did you still always have it in the back of your mind performing? So you're in LA and you did it for years. Just talk to that. I mean, that's a, you, everyone has an interesting way they reach Lauren Michaels desk. So we mm-hmm. kind of want to unpack yours because everyone has a different trip and yours that stands out initially is 10 years of being a hairdresser through your 20s, I guess. Yeah, just... so I I was totally happy. I, I was uh, assisting my, my now really good friend Deanna at her salon, and I thought that was really exciting. 
exciting. I moved to LA at like the height of hair extensions and Paris Hilton. So like <laughs> me That's at fun, home. Though. Yeah. <laughs> me at home with like bulk hair making hair extensions. I kind of thought that was like the I height. Th- well, it is artistic. It's an artistic yeah. form of expression. Did you creative, ever do celebrities? Fun. Did you do celebrities or, at any, or, or see them anywhere around your salon? I mean, being in Hollywood. Yeah. yeah. I was in Studio City, so like I remember yeah. one of the first celebrities I ever saw was Jason Bateman, like watching walking as like French Bulldog, and that's oh, really? good. Oh, that was a, a cool one, and that's a good one. Wendy, Wendy, hear me out. That's Jason Bateman and Ozarks. <laughs> Wendy. Hear me out. That's all I got. So anyway, you saw Jason Bateman. You almost fainted. I saw. Were we on Riverside and uh, Coanga? I was right across from. Remember the Good Earth. It was oh, like yeah. Ventura. It was between Laurel and Coldwater on Ventura. Oh, that's yeah. a good little chunk right there. Yeah. It was deluxe so, on Jerry's uh, Deli. And was it was it a, a situation comedy in a way at times? Just salons or just socially dynamic, bizarre places and it was, was it- incredible because it was just me and Deanna and then this and she was a busy hairdresser and then just like this like rotating door of clients. Some that like I still keep in touch with that I love. Some walk-ins that were insane. I mean, I have a really fun relationship with her because I can just we can just say the name of a person and so many and you, memories come yeah. back. Um, and you still okay. do walk-ins? Yeah, of course. Like if someone comes in your kitchen right now. I did just cut my friend's hair. She wanted bangs, and I said, absolutely not. I won't. <laughs> you won't be a part of that. No, but I'll give you layers. Do you feel like you just have it? Like as far as like, say the show business thing didn't work out, which it is working out. Could you just go back and pick it up and just be a, a star? You know, <laughs> I, mean, I was I was asking uh, Deanna the last time I saw her, I was like, what if when I'm in town, I just come in and assist you on a Saturday and we just see if I still have it. Like even just to put on some hair colors. Like, still got game. <laughs> hair color's hard probably though. Yeah, you know, highlights are, but like a one process color I just mm-hmm. want to see if I can still. I can do that. And I can, People would let you because you're a celeb, so they'd let you do it, ruin you if you know they don't care. <laughs> right. Remember, I let Sean Penn give me a tattoo. He didn't know what the fuck he was doing. <laughs> I was in a movie with Sean Penn. It was a World War II movie. Nicholas Cage was in it as well. Yeah. And then they I, they brought me in, and then I get a kind of a buzz cut. I'm playing a soldier, and Sean just he is a soldier too, but he had the coolest buzz cut. It was like five times as long and just flowing over, you know. But anyway, that was <laughs> That's that. It. So Heidi, I don't have anything else here. You've That's been so good. Sorry. Well, I was just doing every hair stuff I can. I'm running out of, running out of hair, hair stick. But did you? Um, so this okay. So you're doing this. I'm just legitimately curious, like. Yeah. And then you start you do you go to do you go to Groundlings or UCB or what what's that leap in LA yeah, that yeah, yeah. suddenly you're trying to perform? So I make friends with my my friend Rachel who happened to be a Groundling at the time. And I've I'd always heard of Groundlings, but I'd never gone to a show there, which I, I was surprised. And she was like, Well, come see me in the improv show tonight. It was a Thursday night. I went and saw Cooking with Gas at the Groundlings, and I was like, oh, my God, that's the funniest thing I've ever seen. My first thought was not that I could do it. My Mm. first thought was like, oh, this will be so perfect when, like, 
friends or family come to visit LA. Oh, like I have yeah. funny, funny. Really cool sure. Yeah, <laughs> that's cute. Well, to share it is fun. It's like yeah. you hear. It's like you see a comedian. When I when I first time I saw even Sebastian a couple years ago, a comedian, I was like, oh shit, I got to bring my buddies, got to check him out. That's always the fun of like who's funny. You like to laugh together. Yeah. But then, how do you make the jump? Does someone say you should try that? Or you th- so then she said, um, you should try that. And I was like, oh my God, no, like I'm not an actor. And she was like, I know that you're not an actor, but you leave me like seven minute voicemails in character. Like, yeah. I okay. Done. So you're an actor. Yeah. 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 Um, that's just all this is, Heidi. Like, and so. Well, I that's improv and riffing. That's yeah, hard to do. I just never knew what it was, what I was doing. And then I yeah. told my brother, I was like, oh, you know, my new friend said that I should take an improv class. And he was like, Heidi, I've been waiting for you to say this our entire lives as my older brother. I will pay for your class. So, wow, that's so sweet. Yeah. Whoa, so he he kind of, he was more objective. He could see you being funny and you're not seeing yourself in the kitchen as at age 12 or whatever. But your brother could. Yeah. And so he harbored that thought for you. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. Then the only thing, one thing that always intrigues me, because I think David and I come from a similar school, we weren't like ready, rock, you know, fully loaded or confident. When was the moment or the time period where you you join up and then you start to kind of notice Wow, I'm 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 where I belong, or I'm pretty good at this. You know, it starts to become real. Um, and do you remember a, a specific moment like that, or just generally, you you kept going up the food chain, right? Because you go to the next class, the next you want to get to the main stage. So, what was that journey like for you? Well, it was really cool because I didn't even understand how the groundlings worked. Work, yeah. I I didn't even think it was really attainable. So I was just I was going up the food chain, but and it sounds corny, but it was just this like kind of following my bliss, like, oh, this is really fun. This is a neat outlet. <laughs> Interesting. For me. Yeah. I, I'm funny and I, I'm I'm learning how to be less shy, you know? And mm-hmm. I, I just felt like my life opening up a little bit more. Yeah. And I remember there was a guy in a class with me that he was like uh, oh, are you going to go see the Sunday show this week? And the Sunday company is like all the people trying to get into the groundlings. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what, what's that? And <laughs> he was like, oh, that's like what we're all trying to do. What, why are you? What are you? <laughs> why are you here? <laughs> why are you here? To <laughs> someone with that much talent being that, what, what do you mean? You know, okay, go ahead. Funny. And there was this other show at the time. They still do it every so often at the groundlings, but it's called the black version. And it's all black improvisers and comedians improvising the black version of like your favorite movies. And that show, I would go every single Monday to see that show. And this was like Jordan Peele was doing it. Gary Mm -hmm. Anthony Williams, Keegan-Michael Key. Funniest show. Oh, yeah. I can imagine. And so when he asked me, like, what are you doing here? I was like, well, I like to see the black version. And he was like, you can't be in that show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know. I know. I just, that, that's Wanna, what I like. So I just like to watch. Yeah. And so that it's was fun. really cool. Now to find myself in such a, like, sometimes heady or competitive arena. Yeah. I like to think back to that time where I didn't, I didn't know anything. And it was just yeah. fun. 
and you, you could be happy mm-hmm. with where you're at and then in never in a million years you thought you'd be on SNL Mm-mm. and then you're light in some show and you're depressed and you're like what am I doing I'm crazy because I can't believe I'm here it yeah. just it just happens to all of us it, that exact same feeling happens to everybody I think yeah and good. did good you picture. develop um, then at some point uh, what, what the word would be ambition or a sense of like, maybe I can do this and maybe I can make a living at this and then comes some sort of drive that you have to find in yourself because normally there's a lot of failure and a lot of humiliation. But so you're in Groundlings, it's going well, you're not even thinking future tripping, you're just thinking this is making me less shy, super confident, which I think it does. And then, um, well, then what happened? <laughs> so then, I mean, it's probably bad that he introduced what Sunday Company was to me. And he was like, yeah, it's like a mini SNL. You get to perform every Sunday, write sketches, try sketches out, do characters, buy your own wigs and costumes. And so I was like, oh, fun. that, that sounds, sounds fun. very fun. And so I got into Sunday Company and I was obsessed and I was like the overachiever you know like Wednesdays or pitch night and a lot of people would bring like three or four sketches because it's like you know at most yeah you're gonna get big on the Sunday show and I would write like nine things because also I, I wasn't <laughs> confident I was like eight of these are probably shit like I, I need nine you know so my odds of getting one thing in so I was just writing and um and developing characters all the time and but it that, helps you write. That's hard to do. That's to, yeah. that's like a skill you're just suddenly deciding if you have because you're just doing going, I guess I'm writing right now. Is this what writing is? Because you're just saying, oh, I'll just scribble some shit down and suddenly you're writing. I know. I know. I'm a yeah. writer. It always sounds so highfalutin. I'm, I'm a writer, man. I'm writing stuff. <laughs> if you're not used to it, it sounds yeah. so grand- grandiose. So then you started uh, landing things, I guess, and getting people interested in uh, your classmates saying, Heidi, you're, that was really funny. I mean, you're getting feedback. How, what did that feel like? I mean, the audience is starting to laugh. What what happens? I mean, to you inside, just it, um, it's heady stuff, right? Yeah, it just felt, it was so much fun and it was so freeing, I guess. I, I think I'm someone who probably kept a lot of, I, I had such like gregarious emotional parents that I think I kept a lot of things like close to the chest that, and I'm a Leo and I never felt like I was a Leo. But when I started performing at Groundlings, I felt like a Leo. I was like, oh, this is the lion. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. A, a leader or a leader of the pack. I it guess, is right? cool. It, it sort of yeah. fuels you to get a few laughs. Um, and then it buys you enough to go in again the next week. And it just keeps, you know, momentum going. If you were yeah. bombing every time, it would be different. You'd be like, shit, this isn't for yeah. me. But the scary thing even for me in standup was when do you get rid of the job and try to realize the pressure's on when you say, I just want to do this now. And yeah. I'm like, well, how do I make money at this? I love it. And you know, it's hard to quit a job because that's the real world. You know, most people aren't going to make showbiz. Yeah. I mean, I fully, I stayed doing hair a little too long and it was actually my friend Deanna who I worked with, who like sat me down, took me to lunch one day and was like, why are you still here? Mm. Like where you belong. And it was funny when I, when I quit, I hadn't told my clients that 
I had this other thing I was doing because I never wanted them to think I wasn't focused on their sure. Oh, really? Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> like you're trying, Cotton apologizing color. for. Are Are you in the main company? Are you having agents coming and see you at this point when you quit the salon? Was there a foothold? Are you reading for things or or I just? Wasn't- I wasn't in the main company yet. I was just in Sunday company. And I think okay. at most I'd gotten a manager, but I okay. knew I knew I would come into work and I would see like a busy day and I would be annoyed because I was like, oh, I've got like sketches to write my <laughs> oh. wig. And like, yeah, and I knew that was bad because like, you know, we've all talked about our great hair. It's important to people. So. <laughs> we've all yeah, talked no, about it. I get it. I, yeah, I get yeah. that. I have a question about groundlings, Heidi. When you yes. are there, is it, do they look down on if you bring a celeb impression or are they like real characters out of the blue? Is it, is it looked up upon if you come up with sort of a weird, different character no one's done? I think it's mostly all just real grounded characters. I, yeah. Oh. I never felt like, um, I was they don't do cele- impressions. Not, Not as much. Really. I was yeah. with wow. people that could do impressions, but in shows, I never feel, I never felt like any impressions were in the I sketch. didn't know that. Yeah. No, I didn't know that. And yeah. so, um, when you were it's, developing- It looks cheap to them, probably. I, maybe. I don't know. Uh, it seems like you, 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 you do have a- <laughs> So it is secret. That means yes. Well, it is sort of. Hey. I mean, you come in there and you go, hey, I can play. I can do Christopher Walken. And everyone's like, yawn. Well, I always tell people, if you do an impression of your uh, of your friend, uh, then it's your character. If the yeah. friend's not famous, you know. Yeah. Or you, you take it and exaggerate it and stuff. But I'm interested. I mean, the connectivity to Because your characters are, it would seem to me that the young audience, uh, female audience, would love the character study you're doing with. I mean, I'm sorry, but Bailey and Gisbert and uh, the cocaine wife. I mean, they're all there's a there's a sensibility yeah. to what you're doing. And are you noticing that people love what you're doing on Saturday Night Live? I mean, <laughs> do people love you? Do they love you? And did you notice when you were doing Groundlings that all this 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 Heidi Gardner sensibility started to emerge of the way you're doing characters. Cause it seems very fresh. I, I don't have b- better words than that. You know. I don't think I was, I knew people were liking it, but you know, probably at this point to my detriment, I'm a bit modest and I don't think too much about, I probably am a little more hard on myself than, um, but, Makes sense. Uh, I was yeah. always the same. I always thought I'd yeah. get fired. And David, too. I, I totally get that. Yeah. yeah. They kept so. telling me that was the difference. <laughs> when I was well, watching... <laughs> well, yeah. Would but, tell, at, the, at the summer break, I would have to drag my fucking apartment and get rid of it in like, what, you know, May. And then mm-hmm. I don't know if we're bringing him back. I don't know what we're doing with him. I don't know if he really wants it. And then... And then August, they'd bring me back. I'd have to go back and rent an apartment and drag. <laughs> drive a it U-Haul. was an Uber, Heidi. I would have, right. I wasn't some cute girl. I would drag a dirty mattress with pee all over it up the stairs. And then all I needed was a desk, a pee mattress, and then a 
you know, a fork and a bowl and a knife. That's but it. what's the bad part of that story? I don't no. know. Lauren but always asks me, should, should David come back? <laughs> I don't, Dana, did I scare you enough? Can we you? get rid of it? He, Lauren would ask me, should David come back? What do you think? Do you think there's anything there? <laughs> anything you know, there. I'd be eating a sandwich. I'll, I'll get back to you. No, I was, I'm kidding. No, Lauren would not ask me. But, but I, David, I was brought in to get Dana going off his ass, even though he was in 20 sketches a week. David was brought in. He sat behind me. You heard this on the streets? Yes. It's all over the streets. I literally started smoking a cigar so I could fuck with those guys. Come on, Spade. Did that make it to the Ventura uh, channel between. fucking character. (laughs) So, Viore is uh, a versatile, comfortable athleisure wear. Is that fair? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, it's designed to look good in every for everyday life. Like I got the shorts; they're called the men's core short, and I also got just a regular T-shirt. Mm-hmm. But I have some sweats, so they're basically all of it works for me. I like it; it works. Um, I wore it on the road this weekend because it's sort of easy to wear anywhere. Mm-hmm. I don't work out all the time, but, but um, you know, yeah, of course. This is uh, I go into the yeah. stores. You can always go on the website, but. They do a great job. They're just they they're a little above the knee. You can mm-hmm. go anywhere with them. I don't wear them on the plane. The shorts. I know the guy I was with was wearing shorts on the plane, which is kind of gross. In first class, mm, coach. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you can go commando in in confidence with the breathable boxer brief liner. Interesting. Yes, it is very interesting. And for the women's performance jogger, what I hear is you meet the pants you'll never want to take off. The performance joggers have a slim but relaxed fit with a slightly cropped leg. Can you picture it, David? Side pockets and a drawstring designed with the softest premium dream knit stretch fabric. I think Bill Burr wore those to the golf tournament. Uh, (laughs) There's a a fresh take on the uh, men's performance jogger. That's a staple in every wardrobe. I have a lot of uh, joggers, sort of sweats, the old way to call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're made of a premium recycled performance stretch fabric, shorter inseam, keep you moving with less bulk around your ankles. These joggers e- are equal parts style and comfort. Viore mm-hmm. is an investment in your happiness for our listeners. They're offering 20% off your first purchase. Get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viori.com slash fly. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash fly. Not only will you receive 20% off on your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viori.com slash fly and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. Buying someone jewelry is usually a great experience all around. To get a beautiful gift, mm-hmm. you get the unforgettable moment of seeing the look on their face when they open it. The tricky part, Dana, as you know, yeah, figure, figuring out how to get the perfect piece at the best price. I hate to say it, price yep. matters. I mean, yep. Yep. that's why I recommend for any jewelry purchase, you source it from BlueNile.com. They've been with us for a while. Yeah, Blue Nile offers thousands of independently graded diamonds david and find jewelry at prices significantly below traditional retail they also offer peace of mind with every purchase 
some of their highest quality stand. They have some of the highest quality standards in the industry. Right. And David, whether you want to make a classic statement by gifting a white gold tennis bracelet mm-hmm. <laughs> to Sarah Sherman or, <laughs> or, bring out, or bring out her eyes with sapphire and diamond hoop earrings, Blue Nile's jewelry experts can help you find the perfect gift. David? They're available 24-7 by phone or chat to answer technical questions like, should I make it a diamond cut or a circle? <laughs> Those are the technical questions. <laughs> I know. Uh, oval. They fit your budget. They'll make sure what you want, they can fit in your budget. Yes. It's very difficult to buy jewelry for someone because, um, you know, it's it's a subjective thing. And the, you'll be guided with the, this company is going to help you make the right choice. You right. give them a little information and they'll go, Sapphire. It's hard to roll down to your local strip mall and go, yeah. We're a jewelry store and we sell trucker hats. It's like, that's yeah. not what you want. Or sometimes they have a small jewelry kiosk inside a Denny's restaurant. And it's like, <laughs> they're flipping hot cakes and I'm trying to find my loved ones. Yeah. So, yeah. No, thank you. You can feel great about your purchase because Blue Nile also offers a diamond price match guarantee. Oh, that's nice. So you can't lose. No, mm-hmm. just in case you got 30 day returns mm-hmm. shop blue nile today and experience the ease and convenience of the original online jeweler go to bluenile.com today that's bluenile.com <laughs> heidi i actually i don't do this very often but last night when i was watching your stuff i just wrote down words okay. so, i've, I've done this see. with any other guest and i don't even know exactly why but i wrote down carol burnett Oh, it oh was my something about the tone of your voice. I wrote down playful, commitment, emotional. Um, as far as the characters, vulnerable, clueless, competitive, passive aggressive. Anyway, I'll be back in 10 minutes. We're going to take a short break. Listen, I wrote down <laughs> sell Bitcoin and oh, something wow. else. That's what I try to get to come through. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like... Oh, I'm sure you could speak to that. Part Heidi, of your I'm charm sorry. is that you're not you're you're you you don't wear what what's you know, these last few years on SNL on your sleeve. You know it's hard to own it, right? I mean you're 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 humble about it, which is very charming. But when you're out there doing these characters, you're just you're ferocious yeah. in your commitment. I mean it's not soft, right? <laughs> it's like whoa, she well, is you, going you, for it. I think you know like everything matters there, and everything's an audition, and like you need to score when they. When they turn the camera on, you go, I got to score because that's it. I got to think about this for the next week or longer. Yeah. Like, did it work? Did it not work? Everyone's judging yeah. it quietly. The one with Mickey Day, Nick, Nico Slop, and then Brie yeah. Picardi. Th- <laughs> that is so fucking funny. I mean, don't you love doing that character? It's like, yeah. just, she's insane. Yeah. <laughs> where, yeah. what, so where, did, where did she come from? I just, um, I think in Groundlings, I had done, I had done a sketch where it was, me and this um my friend Ryan Gall where we we started a scene with friends where like uh he I think like finished my wine or something and then I'm obviously upset and he's asks me like is anything wrong and I'm like no I'm fine you know and just that like little like um I just know how to play that because I've done it in my own life and I brought it to Mikey and I was like I want to play a couple like this and he was like I've 
definitely been that guy in a relationship. And let's just explore the worst parts of the people that we've been <laughs> in relationships, the most passive. And, mm-hmm. um, and so it, those things feel really easy and they, they come from places either where, yes, I myself was being passive or I myself was being a closed off, mm-hmm. like awkward kid or not letting my emotions out. And so I do feel like when I get to actually do it, it's, it's really freeing because I'm just being like, yeah, it's in there. Like some parts are me, some parts are I see other people, yeah. but I get it's to cath- let them It's out. cathartic, I assume. Yeah. What year are you? This is my, well, I'll be going into my sixth year. Oh, I, but God, people, goes by people say they're long. Like I was out. Six is my last one. Farley and Sandler were five. Dana was six, I think. Did you go Se- six or seven? Seven. Oh. But you're, you're, the people that just left the show, I heard was eight to 10 years. Yeah. So it hasn't felt, I mean, it's weird to say six years because I do feel Do you feel like you have a year of sketches in six years? Yes. That's (laughs) what I felt like. We haven't had like a shakeup, like there hasn't been a dynamic shift, you know? So the seniors have always been the seniors and yeah. yeah. So it's kind of, it's emancipating for you and Melissa or mm-hmm. other women yeah, on the who's show. Who's your class? Yeah. Who else? Who are who's on your class? Like your era uh, came in around your time. Like Mikey, Melissa, Ego, Chris. We're all kind of like in the same. You know, we just talked to Mulaney, and he was saying very nice things about you. Me? Yeah, he that's was. Like- <laughs> we we <laughs> tried to cut him off. You know, we felt okay. That's enough. And then he kept going. <laughs> no, he did say nice things about you. But um, do you feel acclimated to that situation? Um, do you feel comfortable around Lauren Michaels, who's uh, it always was an intimidating figure without even trying? When you get off the show, you'll see how vulnerable he is and stuff underneath that that sort of exterior. But how are you doing in terms of uh, your relationship with the show, actually? Dana, by the com- way, what if Lauren walked in like uh, Donald Sutherland in Animal House right now? <laughs> Just came in to get it, just to get a coat. What and he would be in Heidi's kitchen like, or something like. <laughs> yeah, I'm oh, just dropping by. It's that thing of like you know, it's that sixth season and things are going to open up for you. Anyway, uh, <laughs> whatever, whatever that, that means. means. But <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, Heidi. I'm sorry. Continue, continue, Heidi. Uh, We'd like to interrupt. I forgot. I forgot the question because I was just thinking about what if I was in a relationship with Lauren. I know. Uh, Well, that would be crazy. Comes in Uh, in shorts. Are we still playing tennis? Are you done? Heidi, it's a a winter, uh, spring sort of relationship. It'll be quiet. Um, (laughs) No one will know what we're doing. And and like, it'll be like really a lot of fun. We're meeting Um, Jack Nicholson for spaghetti tonight, remember? (laughs) Yes, and both Pauls are coming. Um, (laughs) So... You're, are you feeling comfortable? I mean, you're six years in on the soundstage with the sketches, with the whole system. Because it, it took me, I think, at least four, at least 80 shows to start to feel consistently more playful and relaxed. Yes. I always think I could probably be more playful and relaxed. I feel like my nervous system, though, does feel a lot better. There was some point in this season where... I think I had just been like holding on to it very tight and I just let go. And wow. It's like I think of SNL and just like an open, open palm. And that has mm-hmm. felt a lot better. Well, I, I find that what happens is that 
there's a cast member and then you're on the show and it depends how much you're in it. And if there's 20 cast members, it takes a while. And then when you start to, the audience discovers you and you can feel a sense of like, here comes Heidi, you know, and they're happy with reoccurring things. And that feeds the confidence. And then you get more confident and then get better. And it kind of feeds on itself. I mean, I can, that's the fun of SNL. That's the reality show of SNL. Someone's never been on TV and then we're watching them get more confident. Audience catches them. And then suddenly they're flying, you know, right. it like takes off. So you're feeling a little bit this last season, a sense of emancipation from the fear of it. You're acclimating and maybe you'd be more, take more chances, you think? You're already hitting it out of the ballpark, but you feel like you lots, there's a lot. Let me tell, do it as Donald Trump. Excuse me. Many people are saying she's got a lot left of the take. Let me tell you that. Cinches. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm not kidding you. You're going to be happy. Everybody's going to see it. But um, yeah. anyway, sorry. Well, sorry next about year, that. Heidi, <laughs> next year, there's a little wiggle room with some people leaving, which doesn't mean that Pete leaving helps you or, you know, it doesn't, right. nothing really helps you. Yeah. It's just, it's just, and there's so many anyway, so it's hard to really clear the runway, but maybe there's a little bit or maybe they'll bring more people in it's just it's just it never relaxes really though yeah and i think for me i'm just like accepting that and as as hard as it can be to have such a big cast because i do feel like it is kind of a rotating sometimes carousel of sadness of like if you're having a good week <laughs> your friend probably isn't and oh so but i will say that i think it made me realize even more like I have no, I have no control here. Absolutely none. As much as I want to try, like I have no mm -hmm. control here. I didn't even before. It's like such a machine, yeah. but especially with such a big cast. And so for me, it's just, I, that's really helped me just to be like, sometimes I get to do my thing. Sometimes I have one line in a show. And if I really just have one line, I'm going to do my best to, do what I think is funny with that one line or yeah. make my like mm -hmm. castmates laugh. Um, yeah. And, and even like, I want to feel emancipated with the audience and I, I do feel free, but I also seeking that validation, even though obviously you need it, you need the laughs is, is probably not good for just like the kid that I am. So it's like, I'm just trying to be okay with myself and and that's what's making me feel. Have you had hard. therapy? Because you you seem very you very uh, centered. Have you yeah. been to therapy, or you just figured you seem this healthy. out? We don't really know, though. We only can control what we control. That that's like uh, yeah, that's a lot a of big... wisdom in that for someone. To me, you're a child. <laughs> yeah, well, you're there young. Was a, yeah. a certain point this year, where my therapist was like, because I, I am in therapy, but he was like, "Hey, me we too. haven't talked about." <laughs> SNL in like weeks and mm. he was like do you want to and I was like no I'm good and he'll kind of like check in and I yeah I just I haven't much and I certainly would if like something was paining me or like on on my mind that yeah. I wasn't able to like process on my own but well this, this I think you got to the point where you, it's hard to get to where you just realize it's all out of your control and you know yeah. if you have two lines Sometimes there's pride in being a good castmate and saying, put me two lines in your thing. I got two. I'm going to do them great. You want them big? Do you want them subtle? What do you want? I'm servicing yeah. this sketch. And when the whole sketch works, 
you go, I was a part of it. And then you write somebody in something, I would feel bad if I wrote Mike Myers two lines or I wrote Dana, they're too big a star to do that. But uh-huh. they come in and they come in and do it and say, How do you want me to do it? What do you want to do here? And they, they have a smile and you go, That's what I love. You just go, Okay, we're all doing this, you're helping mine out, I'll help yours out. Whole show will be better. And if you can do that and it sounds so easy, it's kind of hard though. Yeah. It's everyone should be in therapy when they do that show. I think at least check in. Lauren should have a, you know, a little kiosk with you. It's your time now. He's going to see you. Um, Yeah. Like at the airport, they have that sit down massage, the room. You should just go in there in between. I I probably be paid for by the show. Like there should be. Come with your contract. 100%. Yes. It's fun. an emotionally violent um, career, it, it, you know, show business, basically, uh, yeah. in, in, except maybe Tom Hanks or whatever, you know, but for the rest of us, you know, it is this, uh, <laughs> up and down, you get your feelings hurt, you have highs and lows, and you do have to make peace with that and go, but I'm in, I'm in show business and it should be fun and it should be exciting. I just wanted to say also, uh, being in Adam's film and I saw you in there, you were perfect and great. And so- that's kind of cool. I mean, that's that whole other lane that mm-hmm. Saturday Night Live may open up for you. I think, the you know, you can do that too. Um, so you have other frontiers to conquer as well. But how was that working with Sandler? Was he kind of a dick? <laughs> he was such an asshole. <laughs> I like that question. Yeah. What level of dick was he? Thabathu. <laughs> we I got Babu. And he did. He did some of that on set. That was very. <laughs> He's got to. <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, what, cool. Now, how does he? Does he find you like he says? I've seen in the show has someone call you and say, "Do you want to do this?" Or does he meet with you? Or does he? Are you audition? Well, it was kind of cool because the my first few seasons on the show, one of the writers there, Dan Bulla, who's All right. worked with Sandler and friends with him, on Sundays, Dan would text me and he'd be like, "Hey, like Sandler really liked the sketch." you did last night and you know, would always tell me oh, when great. I had life something and that felt so good. And then my fourth season towards the end of the season, I did a sketch where I played Michael Jordan's security guard from like the last dance documentary. <laughs> and, um, that night, that same night I got a text from Adam directly, like being like that blew me away. Like, very and I was like, whoa, like this wasn't through the friend. This was like yeah. actually Adam. And then I think he knew like I was into sports and my name just started getting passed around to play cat and hustle. And then yeah, he he called me last summer to tell me it was happening. And I'm a huge sports fan. So what all sports or what kind of sports? Just sports. I mean, definitely NBA and NFL. Yeah. And, I like baseball and I like the Olympics. Oh, Do you wow. like, oh, I love track and field. I'm, that's my, but I love the NBA and I, I love the Golden State Warriors. I grew up in the Bay Area. Okay, so. good luck tonight. Uh, thank you. I don't know if oh, they'll yeah. already be champions when this is aired. But, <laughs> uh, thank you to the team of, so yeah, Sandler is like that. He's very uh, uh, sweet and nice about just reaching directly to people. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he's, uh, that that movie is great. I mean, it just, uh, I knew it when I saw it. Now it's got a lot of tomatoes, <laughs> a lot of tomatoes, Adam. It's, that's, uh, but I, when I saw it, it was great. So I think that, um, just spending this time with you. Yeah. I, I just think, um, 
your attitude is perfect and you're just gonna just work you're just gonna do a yeah. lot of stuff and you're going to do a lot more SNL stuff. And I do think Lauren should, you know, a few cast members leave and then just, you got plenty of cast members. Right. <laughs> you don't have to rush out. Yeah. We're, yeah. How many, we're, so know. is 15, shouldn't we go to, no, I know Lauren may not. There is but I think, a, a lot of talent out there, but you don't really want to corral them in right away. When there's a little break like this, you're like, all right, let's just lock the door for one second. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, I love everyone that's on the show. And you know what you were saying, David, about, you know, like, putting your friend in, even if it's a couple lines, but they do you the solid and then you do them the solid. Like I love being obsessed with sports. I love the idea that we are a team. Like that feels cool to me on the weeks that I'm light. Like I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. well what can I do to support the team? Like right. Melissa and I always like, if she's got a weekend update in, you know, I'm like, come to my room. Let's rehearse it. Let's, it feels good. It Punch feels it up. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so I want to create that bond even more with the people we have. Not that I'm welcome, not welcoming, but it's like, oh, I like my team. I don't no, know it's if it's hard. corny. I don't know if it's corny now, but it was just accidental for me. But when you do a uh, talk show host at home base, so you're a funny talk show host, whatever it is, and then cast members come on as guests and perhaps the host, and they're reoccurring too. I know that Lauren likes that. And it is yeah. nice to get everyone playing. And, and I was able to have Phil Hartman and Jan Hooks on Church Chat. I mean, it's like dream, the dream team of scoring and then have a host on there. So um, I'm going to write something up for you. No, <laughs> David and I are now have a cast. Yeah. Um, please, please write me a talk show. I know that that is the thing that I should do. And, you know, I think of it like every four weeks, like, oh, I should write a talk show. And then I have some other dumb. It's kind of like you would know hard, better. Though. It's it's your it's your age group. It's like, what is zeitgeisty now? Yeah. Uh, and it's a moving target all the time uh, of what, what is what is the clueless talk show host now or what's the style of it? I, I wouldn't know, but I would see other characters you've done an update and others. Yeah, I think you're you're the person who to come up with that. No pressure. But uh, <laughs> that's my goal next season. Well, you can also pluck your character. You could do your movie review, girl, and you could, you know, you could always sort of move them yeah. around and do something. But it's just hard because then you got to write for everyone else, and that's tricky too. Yeah. I don't know if this would help Heidi, but I'm pretty good at catchphrases. So maybe the character would go, Heidi, 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 ho. <laughs> That would just be the sign off. I don't know. I'm just okay, so, I'm spitballing myself. People really. Enjoy You're it. yelling your own uh -huh. name. Yeah. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24/7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Oh yes, you heard me right. You can talk to an actual human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? 
You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash wall to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash wall. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. You're uh, super likable, I'll, I'll just yes. say. I'll just say it. I'm going out on a limb. And where are you right now? Before we let you go, you are in New York? Or are you in KC or what are you? I'm got? in New York, okay. in Dumbo. Oh, Dumbo. Wow. Dana, that's a city. Dumbo, New York? Dumbo, New York. What? Yeah. Oh, okay. Dumbo, I'm, Brooklyn or something? Yeah, Dumbo, Brooklyn. Oh, Dumbo, Brooklyn. Okay. Yeah. Near uh, Dumbo, Park Dana. Slope. You don't know it's anything. Kind of what a... What a... David has a mansion. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> and a, he, David has an elevator in his house. Are you in your That's common right knowledge, now? isn't it, David? I'm not talking out of turn. I built a small room so it looks like an apartment to do a Zoom calls. Okay. Um, he has a water slide that goes from the outside into his house. Oh, Danny, it says the guy who has a full-length mirror in his room. What? I'm Those full- aren't cheap. Your room looks so nice. I thought you were in a nice hotel room. Actually. I know. Look at Dana. Yeah. Me? Oh, well, this is, I'd say. Must it, be rough, Dana. <laughs> we tease each other. This cat. Let me tell you something about this kid. <laughs> this kid. I, I met David when he was a long time ago. Before SNL. We know each other. This is a. But Heidi, you're so adorable. I don't know what to say. My wife's going to yeah. love this one. She, she listens to all of them. I go, how was it, honey? A little rough, a little tight. Uh, but she's the one who told me you can't do voices on the podcast. It's not the place. So I why did you did a well, lot on this one. This yeah. one I did because you're such a sweet audience. But I've yeah. been working on Biden. That's my new toy, and so I get a little hyperbolic about it. You know, you want, do some. You do we'll, we'll we'll go out on Biden. Give a couple yeah. Biden. Biden always points out bad things as if he's not president. And people people can't even afford a gallon of gas. <laughs> Everybody can't even go and tear the people set the time. This is America. It's just a Pirates Pir- of the Caribbean. That's, you know, it always ends with Pirates of the Caribbean. But he's become the yelling Biden. It's a brand new funny Biden. He's always up there yelling now. And he used to be kind of whispery. My dad lost his job. No joke. Not kidding around. Now he's talking out of the talk loud. People everywhere kind of move aside or sound. He's got to be more powerful. And, and he has so a little just, booklet he's passing on. Yeah. He is. He's the old man when you're a, an old man that's yelling, spitting into the wind, basically. Look how strong I am. Look how loud I can talk. But try anyway. to punch me. Punch me in the stomach. That's what he's going to do with these things. Punch me. He, used to t- he said he'd take Trump, on, take him outside the woodshed. Beat the hell out of him. Trump would kill him. I know. <laughs> well, that was my favorite Trump quote. The craziest Trump quote. quote when Biden say? said he'd beat up Trump, he goes, I hit him so hard, he'll be crying all the way down. <laughs> all the way down? <laughs> he'll be crying all the way down? Oh, who talks like that? We have a crying all the way down. So anyway, Heidi, you're a great audience. Thank you, Heidi. Please say hello to Melissa and Chris Red and some people I, I, I know and haven't seen I in a while. It. but. I remember when they got the show, and uh, um, you're all doing great. This is going to be a good season. I'm excited, too. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for having me. This is very special. Good luck. Good job with Hustle, and uh, we'll see you soon. Thank 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 you, you, Heidi. Thanks for coming on. We love you. Love you, too. I just say that. I'm I'm old. (laughs) I love you. (laughs) 
Talk soon. Okay. I'll call you in 20 minutes. Okay. <laughs> hey, what's up, flies? What's up, fleas? What's up, people that listen? We want to hear from you and your dumb questions. Questions, ask us anything. Anything you want. You can email us at flyonthewall at cadence13.com. Hey guys, it's Spade and Carvey, and we're uh, over here looking the same. Are we, we're doing our questions and answers, mm-hmm. and we, we this this is a thing where you ask a question and we answer forever, and we don't really even answer the question. All right, Patrick Carr, hello. Hello, Patrick. The SNL after parties seem to be a subject of lore amongst the mm-hmm. people who aren't involved in the show. Yeah, I, they do sound interesting. Uh, I'm wondering if if those parties really do happen every week, and if they're as crazy as they say. And is the whole crew invited? Do people blow it off for a while? Are they expected to come? Is the cat? This is a twelve part. This is a long. We do um, long answers, but this question do you have is a motherfucker. Any funny after party stories that won't jeopardize anyone's career? This uh, is really enjoy. Really enjoy the to show. You okay, yeah. uh, fair enough. Mm. Where do we start on this? Well, one? you were the bad boys of comedy, so you probably have beer stories. Me, I was just had an Amstel Light. Me, Phil, and John went home early. You know what's funny? I never did any Sniffy Jiffy that whole SNL run, and that's the only time you should be doing it. That would not fit your uh, biological. I mean, I can't imagine you doing Sniffy Whiffy. Sniffy Jiffy. I always hated it. I took cocaine. I snorted <laughs> cocaine once, better. and I drove over to the comedy club, and I drove around, and I couldn't go in the club because I thought they all hate me. Oh. But that wasn't the drug for me. Yeah, it, it, it hits everyone differently. I, I only did it once in the old days in AZ, right before I went on stage at some crummy open mic night. Isn't and it, it was not my persona. I went up there like John Bonet. I'm like, yada-da. You know what I mean? It was, too, no. it was too, and I got too ahead of myself. And I got scared. But uh, the yeah, SNL parties, there was probably drugs around. It was more when we talked to the old uh, cast. That was for sure. They were going to stay up all the way till Monday. But the, the parties are fun because... The interesting part to me was that you don't know, maybe during the show, they don't want all these people and paparazzi to show up at the party. So during the show, they will slip you, Marcy would slip you a little note that would just say two inches by two inches where the party was in the address. And that was it. And you'd put it, even in your like wardrobe, you just like, you'd read it and go, got it, memorize. And then that, that was during the show. That's how late they told you. So no one knew where it was. And it would be at Ollie's or down at Columbus or whatever. Well, I would put this out, you know, it, one is I never could sleep in as a, as a night owl on SNL. So I basically was up in those days, like eight or nine. And that's the day of the show. You're already tired. You, you, you're up very late the night before. So then you do the whole show. So that's like 16 hours. You're prepping, re- rehearsing, calling people. You get to the show. You do a 12 hours of rehearsal yeah. of a practice show, the show. So it's 1 a.m. You're out on your feet. And now let's go to a party. Right. So you hope you get a second win. But the last time I was there, because Lauren can always, his endurance, nocturnally is legendary he'll always stay to the very end you're a baby if you leave at 4 30 yeah. a coward and a loser and i don't know why i would say that dana you're a baby a coward and a loser for leaving now so the last yeah. time i did a guest spot i said i'm going to stay all night with lauren and i did and he just talked brilliant stuff for hours and then the lights come on have you ever been there where the restaurant lights come on like at 6 a.m it's very eerie and lauren's like in the middle of and that's that thing of like when you read a book you don't it reads you as well and then the lights come (laughs) on there's a little siren and so i guess we have to go now but then 
One time I was in the car with him. Do you want to go get bagels? They're fresh. They're coming out now. We could go get bagels. And it's like, you know, Jeez, now it's morning. You haven't even slept. 7.15 in the morning. So that's the main thing I remember. Not cocaine, girls, nothing illicit. Yeah. Just can I fucking stay awake? Yeah. I, I, you know, the stress of being on. And, and so you do that whole day, Dana described. You get, you, everybody gets a limo. Usually feature players, I'd have to split it with someone. So let's say... Um, me and Rock go over and we, we get there and then they have tables and you're sort of sectioned off feature players if it's a four top two of you have to go there if you have a friend with you uh, you don't get your own table Danny gets a big fucking booth and a throne Ooh. and then and then or he sits with Lauren and then the stress comes immediately because you sit down you just breathe get your Amstel light and someone goes Michael Keaton this week what do you got and you're like oh fuck so you yeah, just finished the show with Christy Alley. And then like Michael Keaton this week, what do you got? Start racking your brain. And so you have a drink and everything, but it's hard to start drinking it. One. Uh, you can't. It's just, it's just, an, you, nurse, total. you nurse an Amstel light. Sunday then, is yeah. basically, not to interrupt, but Sunday is uh, $10 a quarters. And you just, I go down Empire to my basement Szechuan. and do fucking laundry. I'll say one thing that at a given point, first of all, there were no cars for us to get to the party when I got right. on the show because the budget was cut. So mm -hmm. you had to try to get a cab to go to the party. But then after a while, the show got, got popular and then it'd be like maybe Sting comes in, Paul Simon, some New York Ranger athlete, whatever. And I remember my friend and I used to think of, we wanted, we were such Beatle fans. We wanted John Lennon to be back alive and to walk in because we wanted these celebrities to be blown away. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like what would fuck them up? Oh, uh, John Lennon's coming in. So when I was in the seventies, my friends and I had a club called what's it got to do with John Lennon. And we had t-shirts made and we actually wrote a song. What's it got to do with John Lennon? Also Beatles McCartney fanatic. freaks too. We had McCartney t-shirts. But as well. Ringo's up there with you too, right? They're me brothers, me brothers. They were my brothers. I like Ringo. And George was sort of like this, you know, Joan and Paul were the primary songwriters. And Lennon was like this and Paul was like this. <laughs> Thank you, David, for Thank setting you. me up that for was a doing good impressions I've done 12,000 times. It's all right. We're still hanging in there. All right, you guys. Uh, thank you for the questions. Keep them All coming, right. and we'll keep our answers Enjoy not brief. Enjoy Kamala Harris. She's up next. Is she? <laughs> no. Fly on the Wall has been a presentation of Cadence 13. Please listen, then rate, review, and follow all episodes. Executive produced by Dana Carvey and David Spade, Chris Corcoran of Cadence 13, and Charlie Finan of Brillstein Entertainment. Production and engineering led by Greg Holtzman, Richard Cook, Serena Regan, and Chris Basil of Cadence 13. <laughs>